I think they'll still be called the Chicago Bears. The Arlington nah. Heights Bears. No, nah, they'll still be Chicago Bears. So what is it? G-H, the hallis that they have on the side of their G-S-H, jerseys. Yeah. G-S-H, now they can just be the A-H-B, Arlington Heights Bears. Oh, I, I'm excited. That, we'll talk about it later. We, we will talk about it later. Uh, welcome to the fourth installment of LR Weekly. Um... We have a lot to talk about with this last week of games. I mean, yep. really, you, you go from Super Bowl contenders all the way down to... Super Bowl pretenders. And then you just have teams that probably should not be allowed in the NFL anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, real, real quick, uh, you get to keep your man card. Yeah, I do. This week. Uh, if Just quick glance back at our picks last week. Uh, you, you won. I did. You know, I, I told you, you know, um, as the gr- great uh, Papa Russ would say, everyone, every once in a while. Every once in a while. We, we really just had a Papa Russ shout out, in the, shout out and we're 30 seconds into our podcast. Yes, so sir. you went 11 and 5, I went 9 and 7. Mrs. Limke went a very respectable 8 and 8. Um, and for the first time, we both hit our locks. Um, yep. This this last week, so maybe, uh, you, you maybe, start. Maybe we're worth something now. You maybe, maybe we're not. I, <laughs> I mean, we, we can say you know whatever we want, but we're not worth anything. Um, starting Thursday night, uh, I think you really saw what a Tyrod Taylor less Houston Texans offense is going to look like, and my friends, it is. Bad. Yeah, not not good, not good. Um, and um, quick little uh, stat here: the last time the Carolina Panthers started a season three and zero. Any any guesses? Never. Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl. Two thousand fifteen. Oh, that was the year John that Cam Fox. like stormed out of the press conference. And- yep, yep. Three and zero. First time since their Super Bowl year in two thousand fifteen. Um, now. Are the Panthers a real like there? I feel like there's different tiers of three and O teams right now. Yeah, I think the thing you have to look at with the Panthers is okay, who have you beat? Right, is my big thing. <laughs> and so now that defense, that that defense is stout. I mean, you look only 193 total yards that they allowed against Houston and. Obviously, CMC being out for any extended period of time is going to be a problem for Carolina. Yes. You don't take one of the best running backs in the game. Really, I think you should just say one of the best players in the game. Take him out of your lineup and it not affect you long-term down the road. But, I mean, at this point, if we want to do math, if we want to do fractions, you're an elementary school teacher, you do fractions, we are one-sixth of the way through the year. Carolina Panthers have not lost. Right. I mean, granted, they have played the New York Jets, the the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. I really Correct. don't. And then the Tyrod Taylor, Houstonless Texans. It's 
you know, you don't really know. Um, I mean, we're going to definitely find out a little bit more this weekend when they uh, go to Dallas. Um, And then um, might get to see what they're made of with, and again, yes, without Christian McCaffrey, he's going to hurt. But but I think we'll learn a lot about the defensive side of the ball. And Sam Darnold. This week when you have to go up against that offense in Dallas. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we all kind of saw Carolina rolling. rolling yep. um, and that's what happened on Thursday night. But again, this was not a pretty game to watch. I mean, sure, Sam Darnold threw for over 300 yards, but he had no touchdowns. Right. I mean, if you this was a 7-6 game at the half. It was 14-6 going into the fourth quarter. So again, like we said, I, who are the? I, I don't really think we can make any grand assumptions. The grand assumption that I can make comes from what happened in Nashville this last weekend. Give Derrick Henry the ball. Get out of Derrick Henry's way. Score just enough points for that defense, and the Titans are going to be tough. Now, Derrick Henry did not have any touchdowns this week. Okay, that's fine. Derrick Henry didn't have any touchdowns. Derrick Henry had 28 carries. That's that nice number, right around 30. Right. Because then you take a little pressure off of Tanny. Tanny still had two picks. Not great. The benefit was the Colts are bad. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say now that the Indianapolis Colts just are not a good football team. No. They're, and I it was talking to my wife, again, huge Colts fan, about this on Sunday. Um, it's just crazy to see how awful the offensive line has gotten. And Wentz has no real weapons to throw the ball to. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, when you look at this, you look, is Michael Pittman really going to be his number one receiver all year? Because that's who his number one receiver was last week. You look at coming out of the backfield, are you really going to sit there and say that Jonathan Taylor is the guy who we want to be our feature back? I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor is the featured back. I think he could be a very good running back. Now, uh, Indianapolis announced Marlon Max on the trading block. Huge opportunities for uh, Carolina is in talks to try to acquire him, obviously with the injury of um, CMC. And then you look at Baltimore. Baltimore's been going through a lot of running back issues. Um, they're calling Indianapolis about acquiring Marlon Mack. Um, so I think it's going to be a Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines in the backfield. And I think Jonathan Taylor is their best offensive weapon, period. But but is he ready? See, the thing when I look at Jonathan Taylor, yes. I think if you were to put Jonathan Taylor behind an offensive line that is even mediocre, I think he becomes a solid weapon. Yes. Jonathan Taylor cannot run if there are no holes. Right. It's hard for... I mean, I would say probably Derrick Henry would be the only running back in football that you could get away with a subpar offensive line and Derrick Henry still be effective. Yes, and I... I think the Colts are in panic mode right now. You have to be, don't you? Yeah, and I I think um, lots of people are saying that Carson Wentz, a big mistake that we, we acquired a Carson Wentz. Big mistake. Should never have went after him and I understand that but this is what you got right now and you got to roll with what you got and I I said from week one that I thought the Colts were going to be okay because of their offensive line 
Their offensive line has not been what it has been in the past. And they are struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is doing just enough to keep them in games. But their offense has not been particularly good. Carson Wentz is running for his life. He's running on two bad ankles. It's it's not been good for Indianapolis. And I don't see it getting I, any better. And that's the thing. I don't see... Because there, there are some teams where you go, you know, like... And, and we'll get to the Packers. Like, hey, if their defense can just contain a little bit, yeah, then they'll be all right. I, I don't know where you start with the Colts. No. I don't know if there is a place to start with the Colts. Right. Then you go to two teams who... <laughs> are not good at football. I mean, can we just... Th- there were a couple of really good games this last week, but then there were also a lot of really, really bad played football games. And I think the Falcons and Giants fall into that really bad football section. I mean, Matt Ryan... Like, do you remember, like, five years ago, Matt Ryan was the guy. He was, yeah, and he was, you know, he was... Matty Ice. Matty Ice, fourth quarter, get it done. And, I mean, he, he did get it done in the fourth quarter this week um, on the road in New York. But I just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Neither one of these teams, I think, poses... Again, it goes back to the Colts. Where do you start with these? I mean, someone had to win this football game. Like, a, yeah. Someone had to. I think, like, if you look, you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. And Saquon Barkley, by any stretch, if you talk to anyone before this year, he's probably a top three running back who went off the board in fantasy drafts. Saquon only had 51 yards. Yeah, and he had he had 43 receiving yards on six receptions. So, you know, all-purpose yards, he's going with 94. He had a touchdown, probably his best production he's had since his ACL tear. Um, but... Uh, the, the thing that worries me about that is, so if you add up, and then you go just like total yards per touches... He's still sub five yards per touch. And if you're going to bring a guy like Saquon out of that backfield, he's got to be getting a little more going there. I mean, even if you just look, so he has six receptions for 43 yards, that's like seven yards of reception. Yeah. It just it worries me that, number one, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. But again... He he's playing on a bad team, and I think you look, and we'll get the when we start talking about the Bears, when you have because he's still a young quarterback. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Daniel Jones is a young quarterback, and when you don't really have any weapons around him, I mean, when Daniel Jones is your second leading rusher, that I I don't know if the Giants again, if they have answers at this point because I can't sit here. Okay, so we have Kenny Galladay. But when you only have Kenny Galladay getting five targets, right? That's not good. Like something has to change in that. You have to start taking shots. You have to open up that box a little bit for Saquon to be able to run through. And I just don't know if the Giants have that capability. Yeah. Now we're focusing on the Giants and all of this, 
But it very easily could have been, wow, the Giants won this game and then we're saying all this stuff about the Falcons. I think it's easy to say. The Falcons are not good. I don't think anyone thought that the Falcons could compete. I mean, week one, we're talking that, hey, could the Giants be a contender in a very mediocre division? I think that answer now is a resounding no. Moving us to, I, I mean, this has to be the surprise of the week, what happened in Kansas City. Yeah, and um, it's crazy because I was just telling you before we started uh, recording that um, in my Pick'ems League, I went a perfect uh, 7-0. and we got, I got the upset pick, and my upset pick was the Chargers. Now, I didn't pick it in ours, but I did pick them in my Pick'ems League because I just, I just really really like the Chargers this year. I really think that Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. You have Keenan Allen. Um, you have uh, Austin Eckler. That's a good offensive line. Mike Williams. Yep. And I, I just think that the Chargers proved on Sunday we could p- compete and beat one of the best teams in the AFC. Now, are we finally seeing the Kansas City Chiefs at a danger zone for the first time in Patrick Mahomes taking over the helms as the quarterback career? So, I look at this game, and again, hot takes and overreactions to one game, they're what make Monday morning cooler talk fun. I mean, it's what make... You know, us hanging out here talking football fun. Right. I mean, Patty Mahomes had a very, very un-Patty Mahomes game. Yep. The two interceptions. And, and the second interception was just bad. Right. I mean, th- there's no... I The first one, it was on a deflection. Those sorts of picks you live with. Mm-hmm. But the second one was very uncharacteristic of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and... And I think what you are seeing is that teams are keying in on the pass game and almost daring the Chiefs to run the football. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 100 yards on the ground. Very impressive from, impressive from a Chiefs team that normally just throws the football. I think one thing that you look at with that is... So, Edwards Hilaire, I don't think, is one of those backs that necessarily, if he is the focal point of the offense, he's not one who can really take a lot of hits. Right. He's more of a dash more than the smash. Right. Um, and I think what the Chargers were able to do, because, I mean, really, you take out the third quarter. If you take out the third quarter, look at the score. Right. 30 to 10. I mean, so you take out that third quarter, then all of a sudden you're sitting here and you're like, uh, guys, this wasn't even a ball game. Right. But I go back to what we talked about last week. The gap is not nearly as wide as we thought. No, and I think this definitely on Sunday proved it. I think the Ravens exposed the Chiefs on two Sundays ago, and the Chargers proved... That the Chiefs are not as far and beyond good as everyone says they are. And can you believe we're sitting here right now? The last place Kansas City Chiefs. The last place Kansas City Chiefs. Now, here's what 
you, you know, we talk about we talked about in those first two games where oh well, I, we don't even know where to start. The nice thing for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. I think it's a different game. Yes, but they also have Andy Reid. This isn't a well. Well, they don't necessarily have the way they have the weapons. Their offense is going to get this figured out. Where I would be far more concerned is the fact that Justin Herbert just torched your defense for four touchdown passes and 280 yards. That would be far more concerning for me because I think we all knew the Chiefs kind of had to outscore people. Right. That's kind of been their thing. Yep. Well, giving up 30 at home to Justin Herbert, that's not... It's easy to say that's not good. I mean, of course we know that's not good. But that's worrisome at this point. The Kansas City Chiefs have lost two straight games for the first time since weeks five and six in 2019. But again, I go back to they have Andy Reid, they have the weapons. And I mean, we could very easily be sitting here and the Chiefs could run off a streak. Next thing you know, we're sitting here, they're nine and two. 10-2, 10-2, and, and we're like, hey, remember when we thought that the Chiefs weren't one of the best teams in football? Right. I, I, But, man, this was a statement game for the Chargers. One that I think they had to make because if you look at that division, you still have two teams who are undefeated. Right. Granted, kind of like what we said about the Panthers. You look at who the Broncos have played, and I think that 90% of the NFL – would be 3-0 and if they would have played the teams who the Broncos have played. But that takes us back, or takes us to another surprise. What the Bengals did to the Steelers. Right. The Bengals did not just beat the Steelers. They spanked them. They spanked them up and down the field. That Steelers offense. Like, Big Ben throws for 318 yards. Great. All fine and good. They had 45 rushing yards. Yeah. 45. I mean, it's almost right now, like, if I'm playing the Steelers, I'm daring you to run the football. To run the football. Yeah. And then on the other side, you can't stop the Bengals. Yeah. Granted, they have all so many injuries to that defense. But you want to talk about places hitting the panic button. Oh, yeah. Like Pitts- Pittsburgh P- Pittsburgh is not hitting the panic button. They are smashing the panic button. Yeah, and I, and I think that a lot of Steelers fans are very worried about what they have in Big Ben right now. Um, I, I've i been looking on Twitter and things like that and uh, saw a lot of Steeler fans that are saying, you know, why in the world is Ben Roethlisberger still our quarterback? And... Um, I don't think it's that bad. I know that he's just constantly hurt. He struggles to get through a season. Um, but he's still Big Ben. He's going to make good plays. But for a Bengals team that just lost to Chicago last week... For them then to go into Pittsburgh... And win a football game that that way is impressive. You know, uh, Burroughs pass to Jamar Chase in the end zone. It just... Like that LSU to LSU connection, you just gotta love it. And I just, I'm, I'm thinking that 
right now, are the Bengals a better football team than the Steelers? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Now, is that the case when Pittsburgh gets healthy? Maybe not. M- maybe not. But I think right now, with what they have, I mean, is it safe to say that the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North? I mean, because Cleveland is clearly better. I think Baltimore is clearly better. Well, Cincinnati just went in and dominated you. Yep. So as of right now, I, I mean, I think you have to look at the Steelers being the worst team in the AFC North. Yep. Can you think of a more miserable existence than being a Detroit Lions football fan? I would have to go with no on that one. I mean, <laughs> you... 66-yard field goal. I, I watched lose. I watched it live. So uh, one of my buddies, Dane Mullen, uh, is a Ravens fan and wearing a Tom Zibikowski jersey. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> oh, yeah. with the Notre Dame safety uh, who turned to be a boxer That's after right. his... Yep. Uh, playing career in Baltimore, but um, we were watching it live, and I was like, dude, I can't believe the Lions are going to beat the Ravens, and we were talking, he's like, yeah, man, I can't either, like, you know, there's it was 4th and 19, and we're like, yeah, this game's over, and then Lamar completes that pass for 25 Which, yards. How do you allow how that? How do you allow that pass? I don't. And if you look, there really wasn't anyone within 7, 8 yards and I get, okay, you're playing a zone, you're playing a prevent, but you got to have them lined up at the sticks at least. Right. I, but un, 66 yards. Justin Tucker is the man. I mean... He, he is a, He's just on another level of kickers. He's got to be considered probably... I, again, it's hyperbole, and it's easy to get caught up. He's approaching greatest of all time territory. Yeah, and I would say that Adam Vinatieri is the most is like the like the most clutch kicker of all time. But I think with Vinatieri, if you put Justin Tucker in those situations, oh, I I agree, hundred percent. And I think Vinatieri he, he nails is, those. You know, definitely you just, he benefits from his circumstances. Yeah, and I think that he, that Tucker hasn't had the, those type of moments Correct. yet. Vinatieri was blessed to be on an unbelievable team in New England with Tom Brady and be in tons of those situations. Now, Justin Tucker, that is the longest NFL field goal in history. And watching that thing live hit off the crossbar. Did it give you a little PTSD? No, not at all. Because... Oh, it only hit once. It only hit once, exactly. And... Watching it bounce up and then thinking it was going, you saw a lot of uh, from the back angle of the field goal post. A lot of Detroit. You can't tell. You can't tell. Way. So the Lions fans are jumping up and down, going "Yeah!" And then it, you see it go down the net, <laughs> and everyone and the, you see Tucker they running and celebrating. Drop. And I just think that remember how I said you know bring the bags back out in Detroit. I would just want to bring the bags back out for this week just because I'm embarrassed to be a Lions fan to lose that way to Baltimore. And here's the thing. That's a game that you easily could have lost by three touchdowns like everyone thought you were going to. But unbelievable. You you want to hear a fun fact? Yeah. Justin Tucker himself beat four NFL offenses on Sunday. I know one of them. 
He had 13 points just on his own. And that was good enough to beat four. I, just Detroit football, man. And, and like you said, that that is a deflating loss. Perfect that they get that loss and then they get to come to Chicago on Sunday. We'll, we'll get to you. <laughs> we, we will get to you. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Okay. The, who dat? Who 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 day? Yeah. Well, that's Cincinnati. Who who, who dat? I again. I don't know what to do with New Orleans. With the Saints. Yeah, that was the first time they won in New England since 1995. But again, Jameis only has 128 yards passing. Yeah. So again, this is literally the exact formula at as what they beat the um, Packers with in Week One. So, um, very, uh, very. We just we just don't know. There's so many unknowns with the Saints football team. The one constant with this team is that if get Alvin Kamara the football any way you can, good things are going to happen. Yeah, you know, 89 yards rushing, uh, 29 yards receiving on three receptions for a touchdown. Um, he he's just a dynamic player when you get him out in the open field. He makes guys miss. He's so you know herky jerky on the field, and he makes guys miss. But this is the first game in Mac Jones's career that he truly, truly struggled making decisions. I go back to what we said after week two. So after week one, everyone's like, "Oh, the Saints. Jameis is a MVP contender." The Saints are gonna I'm like just calm it down. It's one game right. that the Packers turned the ball over. And then week two, what didn't the Saints do? They didn't generate turnovers. Week three, what did the Saints do? They generated turnovers. Yep. I think you're seeing and I'm gonna bring up some bad memories for you and I apologize already. When we were in college and we used to be far more insane about our misgivings about our football team I would always tell you that as long as like Jay Cutler was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears I had no worries because they I could always count on those late game turnovers even when the Bears were really good and they had those really good defenses I always knew hey if you don't turn the ball over against the Bears that offense is not going to be able to beat you I'm at the same point that I was with that Bears style as I am with the Saints. If you do not turn the ball over against the New Orleans Saints, guess what? The New Orleans Saints can't beat you. Because if you look at every single stat for this game, total yards, New England had 50 yards more of offense. Passing yards, they had 140 yards more of offense. Rushing, New Orleans ran the ball better. New Orleans is a possession football team. That's what they are. They have to limit the number of possessions their opponents get, and they have to be able to capitalize on the possessions that they have. Well, when you turn the ball over three times, guess what? You're going to struggle to win. And until... I mean, I I don't understand how this is so hard for teams to figure out. Right. And again, I agree with you. This is a young quarterback who got... I mean, let's... He got thrown into this. Right. He didn't have anyone to learn from. He, like we said in our preseason show, he was doing the teaching to Cam. Right. 
So he's had no guidance. He's had no mentor. And now all of a sudden you're having to go up against NFL defenses. Mind you, this New Orleans defense stymied Aaron Rodgers. Granted, that's week one. But if you're talking about a defense that can stymie Aaron Rodgers, and now you're trying to ask ask a rookie quarterback, that's a huge ask. Yep. And I just – New Orleans, if you hold on to the ball, I don't think they're a potential threat. Mac Jones and the turnovers just starting to become a problem in New England. Yep. Speaking of a problem, the Arizona Cardinals are just a problem. Yeah, I'm telling you. What did I say? I told you. I know. They, they are a absolute problem. 407 yards of offense. I mean, they take care of the football. Sure, Kyler had his pick. What One turnover you live with. Yeah, three three rushing touchdowns, two by James Conner. I do love me some James Conner. I mean, the Cardinals, I think now, again, it's very early in the season. I think they're probably the second best team in that division. I don't think the Niners are necessarily as good. Mm-mm. I still think the Rams are the best team in that division. I still don't really think it's close. But I think that the Cardinals now, it's pretty safe to say they are that second-best team in that division. Yep, and I'm, I'm hoping they could win that division so that I look really smart at the end of the season. And just as much as you want to praise Kyler and praise that offense, we got to talk about Trevor Lawrence here for a second. Is oh, he bad? Oh, we got trouble, my friends. We got trouble in River City. Uh, Jacksonville. With a capital T that rhymes with P, and, and that stands for pool. Weren't you in that musical? I was in that musical. Yeah. I was Professor Harold Hill. Yeah, pick a little, talk a little. That's right. But Trevor Lawrence is, and I, I again, a lot of Twitter readings at you know Sunday night. You know, you're after watching the Packers game. I was on Twitter, and I read a lot of things about people in Jacksonville that are like, "Uh oh." Now again. I think it's way too early to panic, especially when you're a quarterback in Jacksonville. But I am noticing there, it, there's just things about him and his playing style that is not adding up in the NFL right now. If you look in three regular season games, he has seven picks. Yeah. Like th- that's just I just think he's not he's not re- he's not understanding the speed of that NFL secondary yet. He's fit trying to fit balls into holes that he did in college and it's not there. And it's not there in the NFL and he's not yet understanding that and he thinks that his arm strength is is superior which he does have a great arm but it's just not measuring up in the NFL right now. I'm going to say this I might Catch a little flack for it. He had a great arm playing in the ACC. Yes, he won the national champion. What fun. Think about the weapons he had with him at Clemson. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have those weapons in Jacksonville. No. Like, it sounds weird to say that he played with better weapons in college. Again, there's the whole talent thing. You have Urban Meyer saying, like, well, this is like preparing for Alabama every week. <laughs> I think Jacksonville is a dysfunctional franchise right now. I think bringing in Urban Meyer was a gimmick. I think then Urban was all on Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Trevor Lawrence is my guy. I, uh, 
you got a rookie head coach, you got a rookie quarterback, you got trouble. Yep. And it's again the the Jaguars are another one of those teams that I don't know what like where they start to get better. I it's just it's one of those things where yeah I they don't have a run game. They don't have a pass game. Yeah. They're in trouble. Their defense is bad. Could be a long year in Florida. You know where it's not going to be a long year? Buffalo. Buffalo. They're good. I think uh, Josh Allen is back. I, I think we we've they've kind of figured it out. Yes. A li- Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. I, I will say it must be nice to uh, get a get right game against a beat up Washington football team. Um, but man. You look, one, two, three, four receivers had 50 yards or more. Yeah, and uh, shout out uh, if you click on the Bills stats. Uh, Josh Allen had 358 yards of passing. But you know who else had a yard of passing? Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he almost had more passing yards than Justin <laughs> Fields. Who, boy, that, who. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the the Bills are good, man. And especially when they play at home, that that home, you know, home crowd for Buffalo is just so rowdy and so loud. And I mean, he, Josh Allen is the real deal. That team is going to be tough. Their defense played very well. Um, not much of a game. So he, here's the thing that I look at when you talk about playing the Bills. Who do you choose to stop? Is my question. Because when you have one guy out wide, you can game plan for that. When you have two, it becomes tough. So you have to pick between Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Stephon Diggs for yeah. a wide down. Yeah. That, what? You put those dudes on any other team, most of the time they're a one if not a two. And you combine that with the fact that Josh Allen, 32 completions for 358 yards. He's averaging more than 10 yards a pass. Yeah. Did Justin Fields even attempt a pass of more than 10 yards not, on n- Sunday? Not Maybe when he was going to the ground. Who okay. Knows? So the Bills are the real deal. The football team, again. They're, they're just... Taylor Heineke is he, struggling. He's not that guy. No. You're not that guy, pal. You're yeah. not that guy. Who's not that guy? The Jets. Yeah, they're bad. They're so oh, bad. Like, oh, boy. I honestly and truly believe that the Jets might be worse than, like, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin could beat them. And Wisconsin even scored an offensive touchdown against Notre Dame on Saturday. And I think, like... New York just Zach Wilson is kind of in the same boat as where Justin Wilson was on Sunday. Justin Fields. What I say? Justin Wilson. Oh, Justin Fields. I don't know why I said Justin. I'm Zach Wilson. Justin Fields. Okay, better. So it's been a long day. Yeah, it has. It really. Well, I don't know how it's been a long day for me. I had e-learning today, but um, a lot of meetings. So uh, Zach Wilson is just constantly under pressure. Constantly, you know, running for his life, trying to get rid of the football, 
and he's throwing the ball to um, I, uh, Corey Davis is the number one receiver. On that, yeah, and that's it. I don't know Elijah Moore. Um, Th- there's King, no King, one there to help. No, there's not. And I think that you know, can we assess him as a quarterback right now? Probably not. Um, it's not fair to at least, but he is just. He's just struggling. I, I will say this. Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are in very, very similar circumstances right now where the coaching staff and the front office do not put them in any favorable situations. I would agree with that. 162 total yards of offense for the New York Jets. That's not getting the job done. No. With a young rookie quarterback who you want to be the franchise in a market like New York, you have to give him help. Right. He has no help. Again, the Broncos are 3-0. Do I necessarily think that the Broncos are an actual contender in the AFC West? No, I don't. I will come out and say that. Like, I think if you were to line up the Broncos and they have to go through even a remotely difficult first three games of their year, I don't think that they I don't think that the Broncos are a three and football. You know their combined total uh, record of their first three games, right? 0 and 9, isn't 0 and 9. It? So I mean you look at it right there. Okay. Yeah. You're still going to have to play the Chiefs. you still got to play the Chargers. you still got to play the Raiders. Cool, the Broncos are a fun 3-0 story. The Broncos will finish second, third, could even be fourth in yeah. that division. Nobody cares about the Vikings. They beat the Seahawks. But <laughs> nobody cares about I just And this is weird coming from a Packer fan. I cannot stand the Minnesota Vikings. Their stupid purple pants. They're skull-cheering fans. I just... They're so annoying. I did honestly did not see this coming. I did not see Seattle going down this handedly to a Minnesota team that was coming off of a truly heartbreaking loss, as well as they didn't have Dalvin Cook on Sunday. It's fine. Here's my thing. Okay, Russell Wilson's birds. Can we talk about this for a second? Sure. Why not? They don't... Chris Carson led the team in rushing with 80 yards rushing. It, I would go off on a limb and say that the Seahawks are pretty much a one-dimensional offense right now. They pretty much depend upon Russell Wilson. Granted, he's got some pretty good weapons to throw to. Oh, yeah. But when you can limit their big plays, you have a chance to beat them. I think that the Vikings really took a page out of what the Titans did in the second half. Control the game. Control the tempo. There's the pattern to beat Seattle. I I don't, I don't know I, what to make of the Seahawks. I mean, I really don't. I mean, again, they play in a division with what I with the best team in the NFC. And at this point, I don't think it's even close. Right, and see, and that's what's scary about this situation. Really, if you're Seattle, every week is so important trying to compete in that very, very, very tough division in the NFC West. And I don't think they can. No, and I, I think that that loss on Sunday hurts. Um, I don't. I think Russell Wilson is not going to give up, obviously. Um, I, I still like Seattle to compete, but I don't, I don't see them competing for a championship in that uh, NFC West. Because the Rams just straight up smacked the Bucks. Which, to me, um, I'm pretty sure. Let me just double-check this. Did I? Yes, I was the only one that picked the Rams. You were. 
and I I, I, I had a gut feeling about this game. This is a typical Tom Brady, okay, that's fine. I'll lose this game now, but come see me in January and we'll see what happens. Um, but right now, <laughs> Cooper Cup is a man on a mission. That what that's obvious you know we're kind of seeing Matthew Stafford's top target um, just come alive and he's got this is the most weapons Matthew Stafford's ever had to throw to you know Higby had a touchdown you got Wood you got Cup and then Deshaun Jackson is a dynamic deep ball threat for them um, very exciting game um, but really never was. Um, it w- there was never a doubt to me that the Rams were not the better team on Sunday. And I think that was the surprising point was, I mean, really from the word go, the Rams looked like the more physical football team. Yeah. And and I think that that, you know, last year one of the things about the Bucks was that they were always the more physical football team. Yeah. Now, granted, it's week three. But when a team is more physical than you, that's tough to come back. And I think that if you look at what Tom Brady has versus what the Rams can counteract with, these are two very, very similar football teams. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 do, I think the Rams' defense is better. I and do. I, and and I, I think with Aaron Donald, and I think... Like, let's talk. Deshaun Jackson really, he had three catches, 120 yards. Right. And that's what I'm saying. He's he such stretches. a. stretches. Right. He's their dynamic deep ball threat that, um, that, that really completes that offense. Um, and I think that Stafford is really having fun playing with a good football team for once. Well, and an offensive just juggernaut. Of a coach as well. Right. So, I mean, I think if you were to say, hey, you got to make your NFC Championship game pick right now. I th- These are the two teams I'm taking. Yeah. I mean, I think they are far and away the two best teams in the NFC. And a team who I think might be the best team in the AFC. Quite pot- I know you're going to say the Bills. I... Bills don't want no part of the Oakland Raiders. Hey, I I said I really like the Raiders to start the season. Uh, John Gruden really is... I, I love John Gruden, you know. And uh, I love Frank Caliendo's impression <laughs> of John Gruden. That really... Uh, just, I tell you what, man. You know, win. Have you seen him go through the schedule? It's uh, Frank Caliendo makes a video. Yes. Win. 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 Bye. Win and he just goes through and tells them he's gonna win every game. But um, they squeaked one out against the Dolphins, which I mean, again, the two of Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett, who gets an opportunity against his old team on Sunday and in you know against Indianapolis now. Um, but this is the first time that the Raiders have started three and oh since the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, so I mean, team. you're starting to see trends here, right? And yes, okay, so they they squeaked out a win here, all right, and, and that's. I agree. They squeaked out a win. But you look at the Chiefs. They didn't squeak out a win. Right. You These oh. are the games that you like you have to win these games. And it doesn't matter how you do it. You just 
Al Davis said it best, just win, baby, win. And they did. That That's their mantra, just win, baby. And they did. At the end of the day, they're 3-0. and And they have a quarterback in Derek Carr who I'm confident in. I mean, he, he has been a consistent performer. They have a somewhat stable running game that they can trust. And that defense, when it's playing well, can play with anyone. Yes. And I think that with a blueprint now that was given to you by the Ravens and a blueprint now that was followed by the Chargers, they have the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. Yep. If they actually will or not is yet to be seen. But the Raiders are the real deal. Yes, sir. And if you get Raider Nation going, that home field advantage would be huge for them. And then you got the Cowboys. I mean, I don't really think we need to hit on too much of this. The Eagles are bad. It, it, did you see uh, Jalen Hurts' comment on this? I thought it was fantastic from a young quarterback. So he said, hey, when you drop a deuce, you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it. <laughs> like, that's it's so fantastic. Yeah, it's true. It's for, it, for a young quarterback to just come out and be like, yeah, we played bad. What more do you want us to say? Let's move on. Let's get past it. What I don't want to get past, five touchdowns from Dak and Zeke combined. Hello. Hey, remember we said last week the Cowboys are now officially the front runners in that division, and I think it's now officially not even close. It is Cowboys and everybody else. Here's the thing. The Cowboys won a game with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper not having a single touchdown. Instead, you had Cedric Wilson... Dalton Schultz and Ezekiel Elliott scoring your touchdowns. If you're going to tell me that they're going to win a game without CeeDee Lamb and without Amari Cooper catching the ball as much as you would think they would, what's going to happen when they get loose? It's scary. It's scary. And I mean, I think the NFC is one of those, all right, so you got the Bucks and you got the Rams. Yeah. But then there's this middle tier of like five, six, seven teams that I think are all just kind of riding there together. Yep. And I think the Cowboys now, granted, they have a liability. And the liability is their head coach. <laughs> he chokes come playoff time. <laughs> How do you know that, How do, Josh? I, I don't know. Only like an entire decade of choking in the playoffs. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the Cowboys, and they looked like a poised football team. They went in. They won the game that they were supposed to win. And I think that that is a very, very important thing for a young... Because that's the thing. They are still a young football team. For a young football team to take care of business, and as a great coach, and remember the Titans said, leave no doubt. That's right. They left no doubt on who the best team is in the NFC East. Nope. And that brings us to our rivalry roundtable. We all talk about the Bears first. Are you sure? sure. Why don't we just talk all about right, the Let's just talk about the Packers. Yeah, we'll uh, just talk about the Packers first. Aaron Rodgers had an Aaron Rodgers game. Yep. I laughed when I looked down. I saw there was 36 seconds left. I was just like, he's going to do it again. He did it again. He's a bad man, as Stephen A. likes to say. 
I, it was fun. It, it was almost like as a Packer fan, I got to go back and be like, huh, I remember what happiness with a football team feels like. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, Devontae is just that guy. He's just a I stud. I don't want to call him the best receiver in football. Hard not to. But he's in that top tier, no doubt. He's one too. Speaking of Devontae, the non-call on the targeting. Okay, so quick story. Crystal and I were at a friend's house watching football on Sunday, and in the process of driving home, missed that. I have yet to see the hit, but from what I am hearing, it was quite the violent hit that was not called. So, here's the problem. It was... The official couldn't see it, is the problem. So, the official is trailing. Because the NFL has changed the official mechanics now. Because instead of being equal or ahead of the play, which then they can miss a lot of the back grabbing Mm -hmm. and things like that, the officials now trail the play. Well... Devontae was covered. Another guy came over. Yeah, you just saw it I for just, the first I time. I just saw it for the first time. Holy mackerel. Right. So the official's out of position and doesn't see that second defender come over. Here's my thing. When you're talking about a targeting penalty, you are talking about player safety. And you are talking about the longevity of football. Because I will tell you without question... I watch plays like that, and it makes me severely question if I am ever blessed with a son, if I want to let him play football. That hit, number one, is dirty. Number two, it is dangerous. Yeah, and that, and I, I really, I literally just saw it for the first time. Um, I, to me, that is, without a doubt. The definition of a defenseless receiver. And that's the part, sure, they might not have necessarily gone after the head, which he did. He might not necessarily have launched himself, which he did. He's defenseless. And now, he went down, went into the tent, came back the same drive. Targeting has to be reviewable. It has to be reviewable. It's reviewable in the college game. When you have grown men who are slamming into each other, I don't do not understand how targeting is not reviewable in the NFL. Maybe this changes things. Yeah. And to me, the one thing I don't like about the college targeting rules, the ejection part Correct. of it, I think the the flag, the 15-yard penalty should be a reviewable play. I don't think that you should be ejecting even at the NFL or college levels, they should never be ejected for a Because hit. it happens so fast. Right. Now, if there is dirty intent and it is plain to see that there is intent to hurt, then okay, I understand the ejection. But I don't think it's automatically this guy's ejected just based on a targeting call. And really, that could have overshadowed what was up until that point a fantastic game. Yeah, and it was. It was a really great game. Um, What's funny is, so Packers go up 17-3. to They kick the ball off with like a minute and a half left, give up that 70-yard kick return. I tweet, you can check my Twitter feed. I said, the next time Aaron Rodgers touches the ball, this could be a 17-14 game. And lo and behold, what happened? It was a 17-14 football game the next time Aaron Rodgers touched the ball. Yeah. So 
However, the last note that I want to have on the Packers. Did you see Aaron Rodgers' reaction after the game? Yeah, it does look like he's interested now. Like, that's... that You can't fake that. Right, and I, I agree that he cares. And I think a lot of it, and I, um, I said this on Sunday, a lot of it has to do with just his absolute has to be hate for San Francisco for not drafting him. I think he wants to go out there and just break the hearts of San Francisco 49er fans because he wanted to be a part of that organization and people still question that he might still want to be part of that organization. Um, Which is fine. He's a part of ours now. Right. So for another year. Yeah. But um, Mason Crosby hitting that field goal. Um, it was just like old times. Yeah, it really was. And I mean, we're sitting here, we're two and one. And honestly, like if I had to look at this schedule at the beginning of the year, two and one is exactly where I thought the Packers would be after week three. Yeah. Granted, the the one is not exactly where I thought the one would come from, but they're two and one. They have a very, very beat up Steelers team coming in. If you're three and one after week four, you're you're rolling, and so I feel a little bit better about the Packers' offense. Still very concerned about the Packers' defense, but to win on the road against a good 49er team—not a great 49er team, but a good 49er team—you take it, you move on. You're solo in first place in the division. Yep. Oh boy, <laughs> my friend, I love you. You know that. Mm-hmm. I want happiness for you. Do you? I do. Because <laughs> I don't think the Bears do. But your football team is a train wreck. <laughs> I mean, just an absolute... I'm going to let you get your... Well... Before, before I unleash mine. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say... If that game was not game planned to just set up... For Justin Fields to fail, then Matt Nagy is the worst coach in the NFL. Because he is the worst coach. In the NFL. How in the world do you constantly, constantly only have five guys protecting Justin Fields when literally the man is running for his life or on his back more times than they are he is upright throwing the football? I am. He was sacked seven times, by the way. I know. We had one yard of net offense when you add up all the t- yards we lost and all the yards we gained. Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks. Yeah, evidently we don't need to double team that guy. I don't know if you know that. No reason to have a tight end chip him. or uh, To I mean, me, y'all, y'all had 47 yards of offense. It's 47. I know. It's not good. And um, this has nothing to do with Justin Fields at all. Any and and, um, Greg Olson said it in the broadcast, um, which by the way, love Greg Olson. He's that he's he's that guy. Love love what he did in Chicago. Um, But um, it's not fair to assess Justin Fields after this game. The kid was running for his life. The offensive line, the game plan was awful. I am officially. Today, for the first time publicly, am announcing that I am ready for a new head coach. 
You have to at this. And point. I, I don't think it's close. I think after this game, if things do not just drastically get better, you have to move on from Nat Nagy. If they lose to the Lions, you have to fire him. Yeah, and, and you I have to fire him Sunday. Yeah, and see, this is the problem though. In the Bears' history, they have never fired a coach midseason ever. Never. Well, in the Bears' history. When was the last time that they said we're going to leave Soldier Field? Yeah, and that too. Which, honestly, I am excited about. I think that... But I think it's time for a change. Yeah, and I think that a new change of scenery, a new change of a head coach. But here's the problem, Joshua. Nothing is going to change until the McCaskies sell this football team. Nothing is going to change. Nothing. From the top. It starts from the top. It's just so frustrating. Because I... And that's... You know, they just beat... A Cincinnati Bengals team that looked great on Sunday. Defense looked great. Offense looked great. Just stalled in the red zone a couple times. You think, okay, we have a full week of practice. With Justin Fields at the helm. Good things are going to happen. They did not. But here's the problem. It wasn't Justin Fields' fault. It directly goes on the play calling of Matt Nagy. I truly think that he only calls six plays. Every play to me looks the exact same. And no one is ever open. And either our quarterback's on his butt or the ball's getting thrown away. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm, I'm done watching mediocrity at its finest with Matt Nagy. At this point, I don't even think it's mediocrity. Like, the play calling... They don't take any shots. (laughs) Well, they didn't have time to take any shots. The kid's running for his life. See, see, here's the thing. All right, so I get that he's running for his life. All right, fine. Another fun fact. Donovan Peoples-Jones only had eight yards less receiving than the Bears had total offense. I'm going to stop harping on that. And okay, now as the as you know, just as uh, Jalen Hurts said, what do you do after a turd? You flush it. But here's the problem: this is a pretty big turd. It's been the whole. We season. might need a couple plungers, and you know, like the Men in Black thing that makes me forget that this even happened. I just wish that was a thing because I wanted to forget this game. I just was like numb. I didn't even know what to say, how to feel. And again, we don't really know what we have in Justin Fields because of just the lack of time and opportunities that he had on Sunday. But I'm over Matt Nagy now. I'm officially saying it. I'm I used to be like, hey, give this guy a chance. You know, led us to the playoffs two years and you know, two two out of three years. Um, I... Here here's my problem. You can say you want to give a coach time. Oh, time's up. But but a coach has to show an ability to game plan with the players that he has. With the what I don't understand is okay, you have David Montgomery in your backfield. You have Allen Robinson, who at this point he just has to be counting down the days until he's out of Chicago. Because why would he is an elite wide receiver. Why would he stay? Yeah. I, when all he's going to run is five-yard outs, the complete ineptness of Matt Nagy really is mind-blowing. You have a run game. 
Well, when all you're going to do is throw five-yard routes, they don't ever have to respect your deep threat, which means what are they going to do with their defense? You're just going to cram everyone within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, which then that means you have no run game. Matt Nagy was heralded as this offensive guru. Yeah, so is Mark Trussman. He's garbage. Yeah, he's, he, he's, as a play caller, interesting fact. What do those two playoff years have in common? Who wasn't calling the offense the majority of that time? Matt Nagy. Well, he, the first year he did. When the year that they could have done things in the playoffs... That was his first year. It was the first time anyone had ever seen it. Now people have seen it, and it. There's no creativity. No. There's no originality. No. If Matt, one of the things as a leader that you have to be able to do is recognize when you are overmatched. I go back. Why? Why is this a Remember the Titans podcast? I love Remember the Titans. I, I was, do too. I will quote it all day, every day, if I have to. That scene, the end of the, I think it's the regional game or whatever, where the coaches come together and Coach Yost goes, you know, I could use your help. Ed Henry's kicking my out there. And he admitted, hey, I could use a little help. Matt Nagy has to get some help. And see, today in his press conference, he was asked if Bill Lazor was going to take over responsibilities of play calling, and he said he was going to keep it internal. Um, if he was calling the plays, you know what he'd say? No, we're going to keep things the way they are. So there's no chance that Matt Nagy's calling the plays any longer. Which he, he can't. I mean, you're off at six points. Yep. Net one yard. Yeah. it's that's... I mean, that that is historically... Bad. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. When you look at the Chicago Bears, if you don't beat the Lions and you're one in three, buddy, you're in serious trouble. You're one in two. The reality is you're only one game out of the division lead. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying is that, you know, if you would have told me we were one and two after those first three games, now looking at those three teams and Cincinnati sitting at the top of their division, one and two, I'm okay. happy. Yep. I am happy with one and two. But if you're one and three and you lost to the Lions, then we're in trouble. Yeah, this is that's a, it, panic button. This this is as big of a game this early in the season as it is for the Chicago Bears. And I, here's the even crazier thing. We don't know who's going to be under center on Sunday. Let me ask you a question. So today, today's Wednesday, they came out with the purchase of the Arlington Park yes. property. Do you think they came out with this today as a way to move the attention off of whatever that was on Sunday? Because it's funny. So I'm a, I'm a Packer fan. Obviously living here in, in the shadow of Chicago, I don't get Packers talk radio. I get the Bears talk radio in the mornings. And, and Cap and Jay Hood, they, they, they're kind of laughing this morning. They said, this timing is awfully suspicious. Mm-hmm. It is. But I am excited for the future. I think that if we, if we build a new stadium in Arlington, it's going to be 
one of those beautiful multi-billion dollar news type Unless stadiums. Unless the Caskies build it. <laughs> See, I just took all of your happiness. Okay, well, just, just, just can you please, like, this is exciting for me, like, chances that we get to host, like, a Final Four and a Super Bowl in Chicago. You should be excited for that. Yeah, your own team won't be playing in it. But th- hey, you know hey, what? You want, you want more fun? What? The White Sox are up six to nothing right now. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, I thought I did. I honestly thought baseball, thought baseball season was over. Yeah, I did. Well, it was in July. Yeah. Anyways, I I don't know. I think this this week is pivotal for the future of the Chicago Bears. If if they don't have a good showing against the Lions, you have to shut it down and you just have to reset it. And I know it sounds extreme after week four, but the problem is you can't let this keep spiraling into bad. You just can't. And the longer that Matt Nagy has control, the longer that Justin Fields is running for his life, like there has to be changes. Yep. If changes do not come. And so we move now to our listeners' favorite segment. You had one job. So do, who gets to uh, go first this week? I'll let you go first. Okay. Week. Do you think do you think I you already know who had one job? Do you think we <laughs> I know who had one job. Yeah, okay. So Matthew Nagy. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? I don't even know. Is his real name Matthew or is it just know. Matt? Who knows? Clown show Nagy. Okay, Matt Nagy. Uh you drafted Justin Fields almost 150 days ago. Um you knew what you were getting. A dynamic player that can get outside the pocket and make plays. Um, as an offensive guru, you're supposed to understand and create an offense around players' strengths. You did what you have been doing for years. You didn't move them outside the pocket. You left them inside the pocket. You didn't send extra protection. You can only protect with five guys. You go empty set. It doesn't make any sense if you're this offensive guru how do you not get justin fields outside the pocket and let him make plays that's when he's at his best if you don't like that and you want to be mr oh my offense is so great i want to run my offense my way guess what buddy there's the door the problem with the bears is matt Nagy. period right now matt Nagy. You had one One job. job. Mine's very, very simple. Week after Thanksgiving 2015. I'm going way back. Yeah, you are. This guy had a job a A long time ago. A football team from Wisconsin traveled to a football team from Detroit. Team from Detroit gave a man a little bit too much time and he made him pay. It's a theme. Do you ever give Aaron Rodgers time at the end of a game? No. Why not, Christian? Because he will make you pay. I hate Stephen A. Smith. But I do like when he says, he's a bad man. Kyle Shanahan. 49ers coaching staff. You gave the man time. 
Not only did you give the man time, but you sat back in a prevent zone defense that opened the door for a little guy named Devontae Adams. How do you let Devontae Adams torch you? How? Post game. I don't know. Close game. Aaron Rodgers has the ball. Fourth quarter. That ball's only going one place. It's only going one place. And the connection is going to be 12 to 17. Evidently, you didn't know that. I don't know how you didn't know that, Kyle Shanahan. So Kyle Shanahan and 49ers coaching staff, you had one One job. And much like Shakira, our picks don't lie. Uh, quick recap of last week. Hey, buddy, you get to keep your man card. So I do. It's that, pretty that's exciting. That's fun for you. You know, Crystal didn't completely embarrass you. You actually uh, got the best of your wife last week in the picks. Uh, you got the best of me last week in the picks. Yeah. So you, you are looking to stay hot. So, uh, you know, since I won week one, I kind of got to, you know, give you a little ribbing for week two. Uh, for our guest picker, uh, you win this week, so you decided to turn the tables a little bit. So I'm going to let you introduce our uh, guest picker for this week. Yeah, so uh, as many of you know, I'm a baseball coach at Washington Township who uh, recently won our school's first state championship. So I thought it was uh, only fitting to bring in um, the guy that should have, he really should have thrown this first no-hitter in state championship history, if our second baseman's playing where he's supposed to. Um, he was also my student aide uh, back in the days of when uh, we were allowed to have student aides, um, which now we are this year, unfortunately, wanted to have him back last year. Uh, but introducing the now freshman at Grace College, playing uh, baseball at Grace, is the one, the only, Stephen Hernandez. Big Steve, how's it going, man? Yes, sir. It's going good. Excited to be on. All right. So, um, see, and what you failed to mention is being athletic director, Steven also beat my school twice. Yeah, he did. Last year. So, once in the regular season and then also uh, in the conference championship or conference semifinals. Sem- semifinals? Yeah. Yeah, you failed to leave that part out. It's fine. <laughs> Not bitter. We'll, we will move on quickly. Steve is just the man. And- he- he is. I mean, you know, I haven't seen really any of your players since. So, Steve, congrats on your state championship. Welcome to the state championship club. Um, our first game this week, Jacksonville-Cincinnati. Uh, we talked earlier, Jacksonville's bad. Trevor Lawrence might be one of the three worst quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not even close. This is a Thursday night game that I really don't even think is worth watching on too many levels. I think Cincinnati rolls easily. Yeah, um, I would have to agree. I think uh, Cincinnati is... Uh, riding high after that big win in Pittsburgh, I got Cincinnati rolling. All right, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I got Cincinnati too. I think uh, they just got too many weapons. Uh, the Jags are—they're terrible. They're so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another game that features one team that we thought might be mediocre, then they lost the Magic, uh, and then the Falcons, who are bad. Uh, I, the football team and the Falcons, probably the worst game of the week. Um, someone is going to have to win this football game. Uh, I think you still look at, I think you give the edge a little bit to the football team because of their defense. I think their defense is a little bit better than Atlanta's. 
So I'm going to take uh, the football team on the road. I'm I'm going to roll with Matty Ice at home here. Uh, oh, you dirty bird! Yeah, uh, I think uh, there's a chance that it, this is you know this is Atlanta's big opportunity to kind of get itself rolling. Uh, I know they're not going to roll very far, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Atlanta at home. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Washington here. I think uh, that old line for Atlanta is uh, terrible. I think Chase Young's gonna have a heyday. And uh, Matt Ryan uh, can't move anymore, so it's going to be a, a feast for that defensive line. He gets it. You're dumb. He gets it. You're dumb. <laughs> Moving on. Houston and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. Yep. Buffalo, it's not even close. Yep. Buffalo, it's a go to the next one. <laughs> the next one. I love the next one. I love the next one. The next one is the Lions and the Bears. <laughs> As a Packer fan, this brings me so much joy because I'm like, well, either the Bears are two and two, and they might be some, or man, if the Bears lose this football game, we're going to have to put Christian on some <laughs> sort of watch list. Um, the Bears are horrible. Give me the Lions in the Soldier Field by two touchdowns. What? <laughs> now, I will say Detroit had a really good showing against uh, Baltimore. Should have won the football game. Did not. Um, I like the Bears at home this week. I think they, they respond. Um, I think the defense really helps them and puts them in really good positions. Who knows who the quarterback's going to be? Um, I might be the quarterback. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? But um, I'm going Bears at home. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with my Bears on this one. Rough week last week, but the Detroit Lions are still awful. And we are playing at home. And I think that defense is too good. Uh, Jared Goff's not going to be able to do much. The Lions almost beat the... Y'all are so delusional. You guys are so delusional. (laughs) See, this is the one reason... You guys are so delusional. Your offense is terrible. There is nothing there. Justin Fields is not good. Matt Nagy has about as much common sense as an empty Coke bottle sitting on the street. They're horrible. See, and this is why I like Steve. Steve and I, we'd always talk Mondays after Bears games in the weight room and say, like, dude, man. Can you believe that loss again? Uh, Carolina and Dallas, uh, one of what I think the games of the week, probably the best game in the early window on Sunday for sure. Um, I think this is a show-me game for Dallas. You know, they competed against the Bucks and lost. They've had two nice wins since. Um, this is a show-me game for Dallas. It's being played in Jerry World. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm also going to take Dallas. I like Dallas playing at home. Carolina really hasn't played anybody yet. This is their really first challenge on the road. Um, give me Dak, Zeke, and the boys. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Dallas here, uh... Sam Darnold still is not good. I don't care what the record is. <laughs> well, I think uh, you Brady look. Cooks cooked them last week, so that just means CD Lamb and Mark Cooper are gonna feast here. And uh, I hate Dallas, but you know that offense is uh, gonna overmatch theirs. Indy and Miami, another game that I just really could not care less about. Uh, Carson Wentz, if he's even alive by the time that we get to Sunday, I think it might be a miracle. Um, I'm probably not going to be welcome in your house when I say this. 
Indianapolis might be a little rung above the Jets. Maybe a little rung above the Jets. Miami, easily. Uh, I'm going to have to take uh, the Indianapolis Colts on this one. I think this is the week they get everything together. Um, I think that they they have to. If they don't get it together this week, their season's over. Pack your bags. Call it a season. Ship Carson Wentz to a hospital in Indianapolis and just let him recover for three years because the guy's a walking accident. But I'm going to take the Colts on the road for a big win. Yeah, give me the call. I mean, facing Jacoby Brissett, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty embarrassing. You can't pull in there. And I think uh, they don't start on four. I think once is gonna. I think he's gonna do it. It'll be a close game. I think field goal, maybe touchdown, but I think the Colts get this one. Colts are the embarrassment of the league. Cleveland, Minnesota. Christian, what's my favorite thing about Minnesota? No one cares about the. Minnesota Nobody cares one. about the Vikings. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Woo woo. Give me Cleveland. Yeah, give me Cleveland. Uh. I, I obviously know exactly what Cleveland's defense is all about. Um, and especially, I mean, Minnesota's coming off a big win in Seattle. But, uh, yes, give me Baker and, and the Browns. I'm going uh, to disagree here. I'm going to go with the, the Vikings here. I think uh, the Browns offense, no Landry. Odell is still coming off uh, injury. I don't think they're going to have much offense through the air. I think the Vikings are going to have offense through the air. I think they're just going to score too many points. Uh, and I think uh, they're going to win. I think that is the first pick that you guys differ on the entire so yep. far. Yep. Oh, no. You know, he he took uh, – I took Atlanta and he took Washington, so. No, oh, well, okay. Uh, Giants and Saints – I think Daniel Jones is prone to turnovers. As we talked about earlier, if you turn the ball over against the Saints, the Saints can beat you. With that being the case, give me the Saints. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Saints' defense is too good in this situation for Daniel Jones. I don't think that they have what it takes to compete um, on that side of the ball. Uh, Give me the Saints. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Saints here. I think James is finally uh, gonna break 200 yards passing, <laughs> and Daniel Jones sucks. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with the Saints here. Uh, Titans. Yeah, do we even have to say the I, other I team? I mean, the, the the Titans play against the Jets. Um, Hernandez, if you pick the Jets, we're just gonna kick you off right now. <laughs> is what's going to happen? So I mean, is anyone actually even remotely considering the possibility that the New York Jets win this football game? No. Nope, Zach Wilson is terrible. Okay, good. Uh, Kansas City and Philadelphia, uh, get right game for Patty Mahomes, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, and what we said last week was his get right game. So this is get right game part two. Uh, it's got to happen sooner or later. Yeah, I don't think Philadelphia has really got what it takes to compete with that amazing offense in Kansas City. Nothing on the defensive side of the ball to be worried about. Kansas City rolling. Yeah, I gotta go. Gotta go with the Chiefs here. I think they're gonna win by uh, seventeen plus. I think it's gonna be a blowout. Jalen Hurts uh, running ain't gonna get you anywhere versus Mahomes. He's a throw for uh, four touchdowns. Game of the week: Cardinals and Rams. I, I still, until now, if the, if the Cardinals beat the Rams, 
then we can actually start having conversations. But I think this is a statement game for the Rams. I think they come out. They had their statement against Tampa. They're going to blow out Arizona. They, they cement themselves as the best team in the NFC. I think the Rams easily over Arizona. And the thing about this is, is that um, if it was in Arizona, I think it's a different, that game. It's a different game. But what the Rams did at home to the Bucks last week, uh, it they are playing at a completely different level right now. Uh, give me the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Rams here. Uh, Hopkins has already uh, got a little rib problem. And Rams is going to lock him up. And I just think uh, Murray's throwing too many picks. I just think he's going to throw two picks. I think he's going to suffer some sacks, too much running. I think it's going to be the Rams. Russell Wilson's birds and the Niners. I think two teams who are both desperately in needing in need of a win because you look whoever wins this Cardinals Rams game is going to go to four and zero. The loser goes to three and one. Then you're going to have someone in this Seattle game and San Francisco who's going to go up to two and two. You lose this game, you drop to one and three, and now all of a sudden you're three games back already. Week four. That I mean, th- this is probably the game with the most implications in Week Four that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I think you have to give a little bit of an edge to San Francisco playing at home. Even with that being the case, give me Russell Wilson's birds. I'm I hate to do this, absolutely hate it. I'm gonna take the Niners. I think well how they played at home against Green Bay last week. Um, Green Bay's offense is a lot better than Seattle's. Um, I think San Francisco bounces back, gets a big win at home against Russell Wilson's Birds. I think it's a pretty obvious choice here. I think uh, it's Russell Wilson versus Garoppolo, and I don't think Russell Wilson's losing that battle. I mean, he knows what's going on. He knows if he goes to one and three, he's he's probably done. So he's going to throw for 300 yards, three ton. Uh-huh. He's another one. Baltimore and Denver. Um Again, I don't think that the Broncos are for real. I think Baltimore is for real. Uh, Give me the Ravens on the road. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens as well on the road. Um, This time, I think they're going to win by a 75-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. (laughs) Hey, in the altitude in Denver, right? you never know. Yep. I'm going to go with Denver here. I'm going to take the opposite here. I think at home, Lamar just... He just cannot pass. I think that Denver D is good. I think Bridgewater is good enough. I think the receivers are good enough, and I think at home they're gonna they're gonna inch one out and they're gonna win. Pittsburgh Packers. I, I, I'm gonna go last. Okay. Um, I think the terrible towels get one right here in uh, Green Bay. I think. Uh, if they can just get a little bit healthier on that side of the defensive in the defensive side of the ball, I think uh, Pittsburgh has everything that it needs to uh, keep Aaron Rodgers under wraps. Um, it's going to be a tough task at Lambeau Field, coming off a big win in San Francisco. Uh, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Uh, at Lambeau, give me Rodgers. Simple. <laughs> You're really picking Pittsburgh. I am. Yeah, I am. Why? Um, <laughs> why? I because I picked the Packers last week and it hurt, so I'm picking Pittsburgh this week. 
You didn't pick the Packers last week. I no, did, I and I That's got it right. Fine. So I don't want to hear it. But the 49ers were decent. Yeah, well, The Steelers aren't. Oh, we'll see who they are on Sunday. All right, Packers. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, yeah. In a game that's overhyped and... Disagree highly. Cannot wait for this game. <laughs> it's so overhyped. It's so overhyped. Because you have to look at the teams. You have the Bucks, who are one of the top teams in the NFL. And you have the Patriots, who just got blown out at home by the Saints. The only storyline here... Is that Roger or that Brady got in a fight with Belichick, went to Tampa, and now we're gonna make a big deal out of it? It's not. It's the most overhyped game of the NFL this year. The Bucks are gonna roll by 15, 16, 17, 8. Like, give me however big of spread you want to give. I'm probably gonna take the Bucks. Yeah, I, it's I, not even close. Yeah, I don't think Brady loses in New England. Like. I I and I think this is the problem is that there's still going to be some buck there's some New England fans that are going to cheer for Tom Brady, um so it's going to be a Tom Brady crowd either way so give me the Bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks here. I think it's it's not it's a little overhyped, but I mean Brady going back to where he won six chips. I mean it deserves some hype, but the Bucks are going to roll by three touchdowns easily. Mac Jones is. It's also not good. <laughs> Raiders and Chargers to close out the week. Uh, Raiders for me. I mean, I know that the Chargers had the big win on the road against Kansas City. Um, I also think you're looking at a letdown game for the Chargers here. Um, and I think that the Raiders statement game for them will give them at least a two will give them a two game lead in the division. Give me the Raiders. I'm gonna take the Chargers on this one. Uh, I should have taken them last week in this in these picks, and I didn't, and they made me pay. Um, I really am sold on this Chargers football team. I think that this is a team that can compete in the Chiefs division. I really, truly believe that. Now, I understand we're referring it to the as the Chiefs division when the Chiefs are in last place. But until otherwise, you're not going to tell me the Chiefs are not the best team in that division. Um, but right now, I'm going to have to roll with the Chargers. I mean, if we're talking Derek Carr and the Raiders here, I think uh, they're still not that good. I think we got to go with the Chargers here. Justin Herbert, rising star, beat the Chiefs. They're they're rolling high. I think uh, they're going to show the Raiders uh, where they need to be, and that's uh, in the bottom. All right, quickly, our locks of the week. Um, I, I'm Titans. Again, there's not a spread big enough against the Jets. I don't care if the game is in New York. Uh, I'm going to lock in the Tennessee Football Titans. Um, man, this is tough because uh, that was mine. Well, then, um, then take them. You no, can take them. No, no, I, no, no, I don't no. care. Nope, nope. That's not how this hey, works. This is about. This is about how confident you are. Um, I'm going to take – I got my lock of the week right here, right now. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six and a half. Um, we talked about it. We don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Tom Brady's going to carve them up. I think he's going to walk out of there with a big smile on his face saying, hey, thanks for the good times. But the good times are down south now. Um, so my, my lock of the week is Tampa Bay minus six and a half. All right, Hernandez, your one game that will not miss this week. Who you got? 
Tampa, I mean, that's a close second. I think they're going to win, but I think you got to roll with the Chiefs here. I mean, I don't like taking the Chiefs. I, mean, I feel like you could pick the Chiefs every week. But I think after that loss last week and how they've been playing versus Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, the sorry Eagles, I think they're going to blow them out. I think it's going to be a for sure win for Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right, so uh, that wraps it up here for week four of our week four preview. I definitely want to thank Steven for uh, taking some time out to talk with us today. I know that that college athlete life is an absolute grind. So, man, we really appreciate you. Uh, Stay well and uh, enjoy the football.